0: all right we're joined in the green room by a.a wallace welcome thanks you're going to be doing a performance at the end of the podcast we've decided it's such a gorgeous day spring has sprung we're going to go out onto the patio for the first patio jam what's the point of having a patio if you can't break an acoustic out on it once in a while
1: uh boxes you can put all your boxes there but then they get rained on <laughs>
0: yeah unfortunately we all learn Wet cardboard is the worst thing you can really have on a patio. That's that's a terrible cleanup. So yeah, what's the song that you're going to uh, perform for us? Uh, Shake It Out, which has
1: uh, uh, been around for a long time, but there's a new version on in Alpha Zones that
0: just came out. That's the record in Alpha Zones. It's been out for most of 2016 now. What's the reception been like so far?
1: Uh, people like it. Um, some people don't like it.
0: Some people have never heard it. Uh, <laughs> it's, you know who doesn't like it who did someone tweet you and actually say they didn't like it come on no it's it's pretty broad
1: um so it's the same thing with all of the stuff that i do where some people really like parts of it and really don't like other parts um which is cool i I like that i don't want to you can't make everybody happy so why not make nobody happy right i get it (laughs) if you read any of the reviews that have been posted so far everybody kind of picks up on a different song so I mean I'm I'm finding that interesting cuz like to me it's all stuff that I like otherwise I wouldn't do it but it's interesting
0: seeing what other people pick up on Have you ever had an inclination to uh to to pick a sound or you're saying you're doing things that you want to do mm-hmm. which is excellent I encourage that fully that's what this podcast is all about for yours truly Right But do you ever have a desire to maybe uh to pick a genre or to pick a a sound that you think might be successful, and chase that. Uh,
1: no, I mean, once we have a batch of songs together, it's the the natural thing is to kind of pick out a song that you think people might like, and try and put that in front of them. But the yeah, I'm just it's kind of a, a summation of the things that I'm interested in, and the things that I'm interested in are so far removed from each other that I'm only now after having, you know, I had a, I had another band called Sleepless Nights for like almost 10 years, and I've been doing this for a while by myself. And I feel like only now am I finally able to make music that reflects what I'm actually interested in without it sounding shoehorned or like genre chasing. I do think that the idea of making music solely for yourself is is kind of a ridiculous idea. Obviously, I'm aware that at some point, someone is going to listen to this, and I want people to listen to it. If I made music for myself, the truth is that y- you wouldn't know that I make music and we wouldn't be here right
0: now. <laughs> yeah. Going through the headlines of the week. Uh Prince died unexpectedly. What was it his, his influence on your music?
1: Uh I've I've been really influenced by by early Prince. One of the the things of him that interested me the most, I've seen it posted a few times, uh since his death again, but there's an amazing performance on American bandstand. And I think it's from, it's from the early eighties. No, it might be late seventies, but he's, he's really elusive and weird. And even though they're in this mainstream pop context, He's he's still himself and is doing what he wants to
0: do, and that's why I mentioned him because it seems like you have a similar ethos in that you are going to bring two far-flung ideas together. Where him was, it was a bit of soul and a bit of jazz and a bit of this and everything, yeah. And bringing that all together, somehow he made it work, right? Do you find that that's part of the the lasting influence on you? Definitely. I mean, the thing
1: it's it's the idea the idea of of punk and being a punk, where it's It's not. It's not a genre. It's it's a it's an approach, and I feel like he had that same approach where he's like, "Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this, and hopefully, you're gonna like it."
0: You didn't need combat boots to be punk. Yeah, no, he had a frilly laced cravat. Exactly, (laughs)
1: and so him being like, you know, a, a black man in the middle of the United States, very young kind of at odds with what was happening in the music industry just did his thing like there's some of his stuff from the early 80s has no reverb whatsoever on it and that was a really big deal at the time you listen to it now and you're like well that's totally fine but I guess like he had a hard time getting them to put out those songs because they're like oh your vocals too dry and he's like yeah I did that on purpose you know that that kind of idea of he's just doing what what
0: is interesting. How he's more punk than a lot of punks out there, yes. or even I would say, and I've said this before in the podcast, Miley Cyrus is more punk rock than a lot of punk rock out there. Oh God, yes. You know, absolutely. What, what where where do you see yourself? Are you punk? Are you what? Where's your mentality?
1: Um, I would have said that once um, because of like with again back to my old band the the whole idea was that we were a rock and roll band. We played rock and roll shows. I'm not a filmmaker, so we didn't have videos. Um, and it was, that was what it was. And now I've, I'm a, a bit more laid back about things like, let's just make a video for everything. Um, Cause the world has changed and that's how people find out about stuff. And it's cool because then I can sort of write these things and use these ideas because I've never done it before. I have all of these ideas for things that we can do and it's great. And it's nice to see other people who have more skills in that field realize those ideas
0: for me. I find the similar, I think we're on similar journeys in a lot of way because now it's not just about the podcast. It's about doing videos. It's about branching out. And and you're right. People don't see things on Facebook unless it's a photo or a video. You know, I can write uh, a, an amazing tweet or an amazing joke that I'm so proud of. It's 100 and, it's 100 and whatever characters. It's the perfect length. Nobody finds it. Yeah, exactly. Nobody sees it. But you put up a picture of a can I of know, pe- I know what that's like. You put a picture <laughs> of a can of peaches up on Facebook and say, "Hey, I like peaches." You got 1000 likes and like 18 shares and it's like, what, "What what is the secret to the internet? What is it? What what is it that makes people interested in things?" Uh, and it's pictures and videos. It is. It's yeah. not about dialogue. It's not about words.
1: Yeah, exactly. And and learning how to use those tools as well, like hashtagging and sharing and using different platforms. And, and the truth is, I find all of that really boring. So my my uh, drummer slash manager Josh handles most of that (laughs) because otherwise it just wouldn't get done.
0: (laughs) It's tedious. It's tedious. And you have to be on it all the time. Yeah,
1: exactly. It's like, well, you know, things are better if you post them at this time. It's like, yeah, but I'm eating
0: like, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Dinner time is the number one time to post stuff. Yeah. On Facebook. I want to read what other people are doing,
1: but I'm trying to like have a taco. I don't, you know. Yeah.
0: I don't need to send an Instagram about this taco.
1: Oh god. I'm really glad that the the um the etiquette of that has kind of caught up. Like there's been a huge uh downturn in the amount of food photos that I've been seeing from my friends, which is is very welcome.
0: It took a while to pe- pe- for people to catch on to nickelback as well, but they finally did. Like yeah. that's food photos on Instagram, it's the nickelback to rock and roll. Yeah. Ugh. <laughs> But that really is the beauty of the internet, although it is a pain in the ass with having to update it and everything. Mm. It has, like you say, given us the tools and the power individually. We don't have to be great filmmakers to make a video. Yeah, we just exactly. shoot it on our phone. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's debased everything.
1: Well, and it's also the, the ease with which to do it has, has increased. So like, yes, we've been able to make videos on our phones, but the quality of that has increased and people's awareness of what makes the quality has increased. Mm-hmm. So there's, there's a whole, uh, idea behind art right now that, well, anybody can do it. So it's, just, it's just flooded with garbage and, um, I would agree with that, but I see that as a positive thing because when you do something good and it's sitting in a pile of garbage, it makes it look even better once it's finally found. Right. Um, yeah, so there's it's, it's all about the interpretation of, of things. So it's, yes, that is an event that's occurring, but it's not necessarily a bad thing
0: going deeper down your rabbit hole of mm-hmm. the material that you've done in the past. Yeah. What's something in your... Whether it's your former band or bands or former releases uh, that you would hope somebody might discover? Uh, well, it's
1: pretty deep in there, but on the on the Sleepless Nights band camp, there's a release that we did that's a really long song that I worked on for like a year called The Communication Barrier. And uh, yeah, I'm really happy with that. Like even to do the vocals on that I actually waited until a point where I was really sick because that's a point like you can't fake that sound and there's all kinds of like weird stuff like that that I did that I'm, I'm really happy with I think that's probably one of the best things I've ever done going back to it like I could definitely do a way better recording of it but just conceptually and and execution wise i'm really happy with that
0: and in terms of the effort you put in a whole year for one song i don't think i've ever heard of anyone putting a whole year i was
1: doing other stuff as well but it was it happened over a really long period of time
0: playing lee's palace tonight yeah, uh, that's a, There's so many legendary venues in Toronto, as I'm discovering. Mm. You know, one week I'm at the vo- the Bovine, then I'm at the Hideout, and people are like, yeah, shit happens at the Hideout. But then I'm at, you know, going to Lee's Palace. People say, yeah, shit happens at Lee's Palace. Shit happens everywhere in Toronto, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Like, I'm from Halifax. I lived there for a really long time. I moved. I live in Toronto now. And uh, it's great because you don't have to, like, chase things whereas in in smaller places venues pop up and then disappear um but in in toronto there are a lot of institutions like that that you can you can count on so it's like well yeah i'm gonna do this tonight but i'm gonna do that next week and you don't have to worry that next week that place is just not going to exist
0: yeah, for stand-up comedy too, not just for bands and venues, but stand-up comedy. I mean, there are shows going on at Laundromat's and Deli's and uh there's three or four different clubs that are going. You could literally as a stand-up comic do three, four shows a night. Just go from one venue to the next to the next and just walk down Queen West and just keep doing them.
1: Yeah, it's awesome. I like I I was not super aware of that world, but in uh podcasts have become a thing that I've been Uh, absorbing more and more of and the best ones the best orators are people who who work in that world so they're like yeah we did like three shows on one night i'm like that's that's insane like that's what you would if you were a musician do at you know like South by Southwest, and that's probably it. But yeah. they're just doing it on like a Wednesday.
0: <laughs> they're also doing it for free. Yeah, I don't know whether crazy. they mentioned that on their podcast. Yeah, or well,
1: I- it's it's I, the the one thing that I find comes up a lot. Like even with people who are really bigger and don't necessarily need to be doing it, the reasons that they are doing it, it seems, at least the impression that I get is that they're doing it to to workshop, to better themselves, to improve mm-hmm. what they're doing. And uh, I really appreciate that. I like that they're, you know, people who don't need to are still willing to work and trying to be better than they are.
0: Yeah. I was having lunch just before you guys came over here with uh, comedian Ryan Denney who's an alumnus of the podcast. He's been playing around the corner at Absolute Comedy Toronto. Mm. And uh, he uh, he was saying to me that comedy... There is no end to it. It's just an endless stew. And he quoted, again, I'm quoting a comedian quoting another comedian, right. Louis Anderson, uh and saying that it's just a stew that you just put on the stove and you just keep adding ingredients slowly and slowly stirring it and just letting it simmer and letting it simmer and then eventually, you know, you'll grab a big scoop spoon and you'll you'll dish, dollop a few uh, bowls out to some people and they'll enjoy it, but it'll just keep simmering and you'll keep throwing extra stuff in there. Yeah, it's exactly. Comedy.
1: And that's, I mean, that it's it's an analogy for for culture, right? Yeah, we're becoming more and more culturally aware, and that's really cool. Um, just people know more about what's going on in the world, like the the type of comedy that you would have seen, like if you would have gone to see like Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis do a performance. Wow. Yeah. Versus. Um, you know, someone who's, who's bigger right now, like, like Louis CK or something. There's, there's definitely a connection between the two. But if, you know, if Dean Martin was sitting down at one of his shows, you, he would just be like, what is this? I yeah. don't understand anything that's happening. These are just words.
0: Yeah. Comedy has, has generations, I think, you know, where, yeah. where, yes, you can recognize why Dean Martin was funny, but you're not going to laugh out loud at him. Yeah. You know, whereas you go to see Louis C.K., you're going to laugh out loud, probably. Exactly. You know, but in 15, 20 years, uh, 20 to three year olds aren't going to laugh out loud at Louis C.K. They'll say, yeah, I know why he's funny. Yeah, exactly. But, uh, you know, I like this new guy, whoever that happens
1: to be. It's it's funny that you mentioned this earlier because I almost, probably more than half of the things that I tweet are jokes that I've made up. And most of them are just based on turns of phrase and language and stuff that I find funny and I could never be a comedian because the the reality is like I find it funny when I write these things but it's it's not like laugh out loud funny it's lol funny (laughs)
0: lowercase lol yeah with a period yeah
1: (laughs) almost like a slow clap
0: lol exactly that's where people
1: like you know like maybe someone would think oh that's clever but they're not laughing. They're yeah. just like, yeah, oh, I get that.
0: I it's get not it. as popular as a can of peaches. Yeah, That's no. for sure. No, not at all.
1: <laughs> or just like um, a, a baby riding a dog. You know, the internet has towards really some cats.
0: It's really <laughs> developed some weird trends, like cat videos, animal videos. Yeah, is what is with that?
1: Uh, I think there are things that people have always liked. It's just that with internet comes access, right? Like there's. Um, I can't remember what it was. One of the big meta blogs like mental floss or Nitarama or something had posted an article, which, you know, they probably aggregated from some other site, but it was just like postcards of cat memes, but they were actual ones that were printed at the dawn of the, like, 1900s. Wow. And it was very similar and totally not fake. Like, it it wasn't a real thing. It was just some collector that had them. But they're basically just, like cat memes that you would see on the internet
0: so grumpy cat was around in the 1900s but it was a postcard yeah exactly (laughs) it was
1: you know the the medium has gone from from postcards to animated gifs or gifs to people who say it wrong
0: yeah 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 where did gif come where in the heck did they think that like jeff with a g like it's a soft g i don't see that
1: yeah according to the the rules of canadian english anyway it's it's a gif
0: is there is there an international type setting? Well, you need to. Yeah, the, well, the,
1: I mean, in the U.S., you just do whatever you want, basically. Oh, I see. Yes, kinda, <laughs> freedom know, is number one. Yeah, you just get <laughs> you just get rid of like there's there's extra letters. They're just like, well, we don't need those. It's like, well, no, those U's and G's have been there for a very long time. Yeah. I understand that you're not pronouncing them, but yeah, come on, <laughs> like you're gonna you're gonna get the the gist of it. The. G- <laughs> See, and this is why that's it was all building towards that. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. You are leading me up there, <laughs> setting me up, knocking me down. Uh Lee's Palace tonight, we mentioned it's an institution in the city. Of all the venues that you play around here, is that on the what what's the hierarchy for you personally?
1: Um for me really, uh I I care the most about what it sounds like. And what the experience is like for the audience. So with that in mind, like I do like these and, and bigger rooms like that. Mm-hmm. There's there's certain elements of the sound that become more difficult to fine tune as the room size increases.
0: And even uh, the bigger the venue, like even if you were playing a stadium, yeah. I mean that's a whole other sound. Issue. Well, then
1: you're dealing with like delays and all kinds mm-hmm. of stuff. But the, my favorite place in the city is the Piston because um, it has it has the best tuned PA. Uh, the the crossovers are all set up, like the high end comes out the top, the low end comes out the bottom, all of it's there. Like it's supposed to. Yeah, the, the music can be super loud, but you can still be having a conversation at a reasonable volume with the person next to you while your bones are shaking. Nice. And that means that it's set up properly. It's not fatiguing to your ear. The speakers aren't distorting. There's there's some places I've uh, I've played here, I'm, I'm not going to name them, yeah. but where the... the the sound person is overdriving the pa system and you know during sound checks i
0: have to keep going and asking him to turn it down which is a ridiculous thing to have to do yeah that's the opposite because usually at least from my experience the musicians are always asking for turn it up can you turn up the monitor turn it up more more vocal more vocal vocal. i think it comes
1: from the my live band that i'm playing with right now is mostly electronic so there's uh, way less opportunity for feedback. And usually when you're playing at high volumes, the feedback threshold is kind of the limit of where things can be. And because we don't have that, uh, the tendency is for uh, sound persons to push that even further, which is totally not necessary. I just want it to sound good and be fun, you know?
0: Yeah. going to be doing your performance in just a second now. It's going to be an acoustic performance. How often do you do acoustic? Because like you say, it's a very electronic show that you bring. Um, and album
1: infrequently to never so this is a rarity (laughs) it is i mean i might do i might do it more and more i i got um really bored of the idea of a dude with a guitar it's it's easy and no one should do anything just because it's easy uh but with that song because it's not presented that way i thought it would be an interesting way to present it alternatively you know it's uh I don't like the idea that, that songs have definitive versions. I find that kind of silly, you know, like people change and songs should be a, a dynamic document that changes as well.
0: So, like a polka version of Stairway to Heaven?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's 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 ways you could approach it. Um, the the easy lazy way is like, hey, it's the punk version of X. Right. Yeah. But you know, when you put different musicians together and different people's influences, people approach things differently. So you can learn all the things, but then the the interesting part becomes: how do you do that? Like not how do you approximate what is going on but like through the filter of your experience and your style and the choices you would make hmm. what does it sound like
0: you're okay with uh with with movie remakes then as long as they've been remade in a completely different way uh
1: not necessarily i don't think the idea of the remake is inherently bad um some of them are just, some are just lazy.
0: Just cash ins. Yeah. Yeah. If they they were done with some soul, maybe there's some that are
1: like weird choices. Like there was a remake, um, a film version of the TV series car 54. Where are you? You know, just stuff like that. Where you're like, why? Who
0: is the audience for this? (laughs) Why is this happening? I would prefer to actually see something like that. I didn't even know that was a thing. I'm gonna go Google it. Yeah, it's. It. I think it came out in the early
1: 2000s or the late 90s, maybe. But it was the original one was a TV series that had the two dudes from the monsters in it. Like the guy that played Grandpa and Herman were cops in this like kind of zany, weird TV show. I grew up watching a lot of like old. Clearly, yeah. And like the Psycho remake, is actually not bad. It gets a lot of crap, but it's you know like how do you redo Hitchcock? the The answer is that you make it a TV series, which they've done and is pretty good. Hey, oh, they
0: saved Daredevil be by doing the same thing. Yeah, exactly.
1: <laughs> ter- no, totally terrible movie, but it's a pretty good show. Exactly, because it's not it's not something that could work in that like and that that was proven. By the Punisher movies, they tried to make the Punisher three, three times, yeah, three yeah of with them. three different people. I saw and it all three of them because it's it's that's not necessarily the right format to present a live action version of that. But yeah. in in Daredevil, it's amazing. It totally makes sense. Yeah.
0: A. a Wallace, thank you so much for coming in, man. This has been very fun hanging out talking about can of peaches and internet and and music and life and thoughts i'm excited to see you tonight coming down to the show i'll be at least palace i want to see this uh, performance of yours and we're going to get the uh, acoustic performance uh, first one from our new patio coming up in just a few moments in the sunshine Sorry.
2: the green room podcast is powered by 420 kingston and 420 session lounge and micro shop Shake it out like how you like it Give them something to see Shake it out like how I like it Put on a show, make a scene Shake it out like you need to let your hair down for a while Shake it out where I can see Let it all go and get wild Got the high, high heels I see sweat, sweat, sweat It's getting hot, hot, hot And it's only early yet Shake it out like how they like it Bring them to their knees Shake it out until the morning And we'll see if they agree Shake it out like you're on camera Posing for the lens Shake it out until the spinning Of the shining light sends You got the high, high heels See sweat, sweat, sweat It's getting hot, hot, hot And it's only early yet Shake it out and take a laugh And you wonder where you've been Shake it out until you need to wake your roommates to let you in Shake it out into the hallway, the parking lot and street Shake it out in a style so shameless you're not likely to repeat Got the high, high heels I see sweat, sweat, sweat It's getting hot, hot, hot And it's only early yet whoa Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa. Whoa, whoa.
1: It is your favorite girl. Welcome to Mars.
0: Subscribe or follow on Apple, Spotify,
1: Google, or at TheAllyMars.com. Because even with the new look, I'm still that same bitch you love to hate.
2: I'm Jeff Woods, and I'm shining a light on music and the rock stars who make it. He just was one of those people. He he stood out. He was a magic guy. He really was a magic guy. We all have force. He had the same amount of force as we all had. This was before Led Zeppelin. Robert was full on. I mean, he was Led Zeppelin without the band behind him. He had the hair, the jeans, the whole thing, you know. And he was amazing. The Records and Rockstars podcast heard around the world and yours to hear wherever you get podcasts. All the episodes from jeffwoodsradio.com.